Welcome back in. Dexags Radio presented by David Gardner's Jewelers Rollo Insurance Studio. Got some college hoops to talk about, some college football to talk about with our buddy Tom Hart from ESPN joining us on the Brian Foley Law Hotline. Tom, good morning, buddy. Good morning. What an intro. What a song. It really got me on my feet, got my hands above my head, started making letters with my arms, did the whole thing. I wish I wish How I could be the- for this one. How about the transition from Christmas music to that? Like, to me, I felt like I was at a party or a wedding. I know. Yeah. My wife said the same thing. I had it on speakerphone, and she's like, oh, we're going, we're going village people here. Yeah. Well, Make you know, chip. Big fan of the music back in 1981. Hey, uh, what, what's the holiday plans for you? Working bunch? I know you got, what, the Alamo Bowl? Yeah. Yeah, we've got the Alamo Bowl on the 28th, which is going to be a blast. Um, prior to that... Um, got the Birmingham Bowl on Saturday, this coming Saturday. I didn't even know there's a bowl this afternoon at 2.30 Eastern, 1.30 Central. So um, Birmingham Bowls, Duke and Troy, which obviously know Mike Elko at Duke. What's really interesting, though, David, I don't know if you've come across this, and I don't know what A&M's plans are, uh, or Oklahoma State's for that matter, because I know they have some uh, premier pieces that are considering the portal. But Duke is doing something that I think maybe James Madison is doing with their quarterback, but I haven't seen a lot of it. They've got um, two main players in the portal that have already committed at Notre Dame. Uh, so those guys are, are uh, out the door. But they've got six other guys that have said that they're in the portal, yet they're going to play. And I just, I'm curious how other coaching staffs and what fan bases think of that. If a player is in the portal, do you think he should still play for the team? Or if you've decided you're going to leave, just go ahead and pack your bags and leave. Um, I think it's a really interesting side story to the you know, current phenomenon and what we're dealing with now in college football with basically wide-open free agency. Tom, I think my depending on the reason for the portal, right? I think there are a lot of people who just want to see what they're worth. Um, there's a couple guys that A&M would love to have back that aren't in the portal right now that they're not out of, right? So if those guys decided to play, if maybe being with their boys could kind of uh, keep them around, right? And like, man, I got I got some some history with these guys. I don't want to leave them. I think in that case, but if they're for sure gone, like, no, get out. Get out the door. Yeah, I think that uh, it's really interesting. What, you nailed it. Like the, the portal's being used for a variety of reasons. If players are out there saying, I want to improve my playing situation, and that is the number one reason for me to leave, let's say, Duke to go to Notre Dame. I don't think there's a whole lot of people, even within that fan base, they're going to roll their eyes or, or talk ill about that player. We, we all understand that. Everybody leaves, even adults, we leave jobs for better jobs. Um, when we have the right to make that decision. But if it's just a negotiating tactic, that actually fits differently with me. I, I, don't, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, but it's the calendar. You know, we're kind of stuck with this calendar is what it is. Um, it's unfortunate, especially like you look at the Texas situation. You have a backup quarterback that would love to play in the playoff, but school's starting. Like he's got to, he can't stick around for another three or four weeks into the next semester. What's the latest, by the way, speaking of portal, is, is Evan Stewart going to play? Uh, we don't know if he's going to play, but he's not in the portal. And uh, I think Billy was pretty optimistic where things are. So uh, we'll see how things play out here. There's still time, right? 
So things can yeah. change, but I think they've done a really good job on the offensive side of the ball, um, keeping players around, at least as of right now. Again, this is so, such a weird... Tom, it brings up the point that you said a moment ago. Like A lot of this stuff, it doesn't take a brainiac to figure out. Like We could have figured out the timing of the portal a year ago, right? Like This is yeah. not hard. Like Okay, let's do it now instead of during the bowl season and right when coaches are being let go and they're transit like it doesn't you don't have to have that much foresight to figure out this is a bad time to put the portal no but there i don't think there's a perfect time in the sense that um if you wait until the end of the season right which seems like the smart way to do it right like think about college baseball okay season's over uh i gotta decide if i'm going to the draft or i'm going to find another place to play or whatever that might be. Um, semester's not starting again. The fall semester and starts some places, you know, for, for months after the baseball season ends, you have another semester starting, um, you know, obviously depending on your academic calendar, but maybe even before you play in that playoff game. Um, certainly if you, if you win on the first before you play in the national championship and then with a 12 team playoff coming, uh, I don't know. I don't have that calendar memorized, but obviously it's going to put more teams in the mix later. Uh, I, I think the answer to all of it is going to be getting whatever whatever definition you put on the student athlete now, um, whether that be employee or partner or independent contractor or revenue sharer, whatever that is. Once that is figured out, and I know that is a major hurdle to climb, then what you have to do is uh, take away some of the free agency, you know, like collectively bargain. Okay, if you're going to sign a a letter of intent or whatever it's going to be called in the future to play football at Texas A&M, you are either bound for X number of years or you owe something on your way out. You know, whatever that might be, whatever you have to give up to leave, but it has to be some sort of transaction. Um, maybe it's, hey, if you're going to leave after one year, you have to give up a quarter of your next season um, and sit. Do something to discourage, not not that players shouldn't have the right to move, just like coaches do, um, but you have to find some stability. And coaches' contracts, um, at least used to be written in a way where that coach would pay a penalty if he left early. Um, or got fired with cause, obviously that still stands. So I, I don't know what the answer is, but I think the football straddling multiple semesters, um, the end of the season straddling a second semester is really what makes the calendar so difficult. Tom, let's go basketball for a minute before we return to football. Your thoughts on A&M hoops this year, the ups and downs, um, taking on some elite teams, no doubt about it, can't get it done, missing parts of their team. Uh, you know, no boots this past weekend. That 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 hurts against Houston. Obviously, they they fought to the finish. A lot of ups and downs. I think people had predicted this team to be such an elite team that now that they're not reaching that elite level yet, they're discouraged. But I feel like, and I'm answering the question for you. I apologize, but I feel like <laughs> with Buzz, like they'll get better when it matters. Here come uh, when SEC play starts. Well, I agree with. Both things that you said, both the, the answer and and to the question, which is um, essentially what you're asking is should more have been expected? And I think it's fair for um, fans of the team to be upset with some of the losses, given that the biggest strength for Texas A&M coming back, in addition to you know Wade Taylor being preseason Player of the Year, uh, and he certainly looked like it against Houston. But the expectation was 
just returning is what's going to give you an advantage, especially when you have a chance to build a resume in November and December before conference play starts. Um, there's no sh- shame in losing to, to Houston or even Memphis. Memphis has had a remarkable start, and they just had another big win this weekend. Um, and, you know, in reality, there's no shame in losing to, to Florida Atlantic or Virginia either. It's just that those are the top four teams outside of Ohio State, which still has a near top 25 uh, computer ranking. Those are the top four teams on your schedule, and you miss opportunities. And it really, honestly, David, like looking at 30,000-foot view, it speaks to the league as a whole, has missed a lot of opportunities in the non-conference. Um, you hope that doesn't come back to bite them come Selection Sunday, but it's going to make for what I think is going to be a wide-open SEC race. I mean, it is going to – there are a lot of teams that um, – you know, you could look at the top nine teams in this league. I think anybody could beat anybody. The few teams at the bottom that are going to be stellar dwellers, I think, all season. But it's going to be tough to win road games in this league. Just look at Ole Miss. Ole Miss still hasn't lost. They finally have a great home court advantage. Um, Beard, as everybody knows, especially in Texas, is a hell of a coach. And they now have players eligible that they weren't quite sure they're going to get, and that gives them more size. And ability on the interior. So um, overall, the same M team. It's it's they still play the same style we expected. The offensive efficiency is great. It's through the roof. Nobody goes harder on the offensive glass than A and M. Um, there's a lot to be happy about and proud of. To your point, I think there's a lot of wins in their future, even in what will be a highly competitive league. This sounds like justification. It's not, but it's the reality of the situation. You you can't expect to win a lot of games against elite teams when two-fifths of your starting lineup are missing, right? Like, there's been no Julius Marble this year. Um, Boots Radford's missed a, a significant chunk of time. That 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 hurts. Though, when a team is as veteran as A&M and you're missing those veteran pieces, it'll hurt. Yeah, what's the timeline on Boots? What's the, uh, what's the latest? So he played, uh, not against Houston, obviously, and then, um, you know, Buzz is very tight to the vest when it comes to injury situations, as most coaches are. So we don't know with, with Boots. Uh, OB talked a little bit earlier about just, you know, he had a very deep uh, chest contusion. It's hard to breathe. So if that's the case, mm. you know, when he starts breathing normal and he gets a little bit more rest, hopefully when SEC play starts. Yeah, missing missing two-fifths of your starters is a um, – that's an issue. Because what it does in having seen A&M at times this year, but I haven't watched every every minute, is it puts players who should be in a support role into a – a prime position and into a premier role. Um, and that puts a lot more pressure on a guy like Wade Taylor, for example, to turn in a 34-point game like he did against Houston. You can't do that game in and game out. Now, what are the benefits of it? Well, if you're bigger picture, if you get those injured pieces back, then those supplemental pieces now have the confidence that, you know what, if someone gets into foul trouble or turns an ankle, whatever, I can go into a big game. I can go into a big game and perform because um, because I've done it already. You know, like you know, if we get Kentucky at home in the middle of January. Sure, I'm comfortable playing in that game against what, what probably the best team in the league. Or on the road at Auburn, first week of the conference season. That's fine. I can go in there and battle because because um, I played against Houston, I played against Memphis, I played in big games already. Um, I, I, I just think that I'm really anxious to see you know, how quickly Boots can get back. I I think about that kid and his background, 
what he's done to get on the court, um, even to even make it to college basketball. And he is, um, you know, he's a thumbnail that you would click on and say, what is, what is Buzz Williams all about? What is his program all about? Uh, what is his coaching style all about? And it's, it's Boots Radford. So I think he's really important to the, um, uh, to the personality of the team that is going to need to be, while it, it can be prolific offensively, and it has been, it's going to still need to be a hard-nosed team to win games. Tom, how is Ole Miss doing at the Portal King this year again? Like, I mean, this is – like Lane's got some issues. There's no doubt about it, but that guy's winning. <laughs> he's won 10. He's also winning with transfers. He's got – you know, he, he might be getting – uh, Walter Nolan, at least he, he's that's what the reports out on social media that he's leaning that way. Like this guy is getting dudes to go play there. How's he doing it? Yeah, you got Juice Wells from South Carolina. Um, I'm I'm not sure, by the way, um, not to go in on one kid, but like using that as an example, he didn't really play for the Gamecocks this year at a foot injury. Um, I don't know if if Shane Beamer was counting on getting Juice Wells back or minds seeing him leave because the inconsistency that he had with that playing time and probably could have played but but didn't see the field. Lane pulls no punches. Like he he's an open book. He is as transparent as you'll ever see with any coach. He has owned some of his mistakes in the past and he owns his personality and I, I find it to be quite refreshing. But as that relates to the portal you know, compare him to Dabo, right? You could not have two guys on opposite ends of spectrum that have the, have the same job. Dabo has said, well, we don't want to go deep in the portal because I find it disrespectful to the players and the families who I, I brought in. and said, we're going to develop you into a man and a great football player. Um, and so I feel that's unfair. Lane's gone the other end of the spectrum. He has said, we're going to have an open competition. If you're good enough to compete, it shouldn't matter who I bring. I mean, he over-recruited, he brought in Spencer Sanders at quarterback over Jackson Dart in the offseason, and Dart told me, he said, man, I was really ticked off when I first heard the rumors, and then Len called me in, and we talked about it, and, and he told me what he was thinking, and I know where he stands, but his cards are on the table. So that, that open competition that he produces every spring, and by the way, he'll go get more after the spring if guys don't work out. Um seems to work for him that doesn't work for everybody and he's perfectly comfortable putting together an all-star squad each and every year what i'm curious about and this is getting a little bit into the weeds here but the financial support is different throughout the entire league right does ole miss still have and they to this point they have do they still have the salary cap to keep writing those checks um and how many? You know, like, what is that next step for them? Are they going to are they going to bump into a ceiling eventually? Because that's a lot of. It's, they're acting like they're the Yankees, right? I mean, that's a lot of high dollar free agents that they uh, that they bring in, and they keep bringing in, and they're going to go find more. And somehow he's made it work, but he hasn't been able to make it work against the elite competition like Alabama and Georgia. Tom Kyle McCord to Syracuse. That's one that, like, I don't know, like. Syracuse, they they seem to be doing some things right recently, um, but that just that surprised me. Did, did did that surprise you? Yes, big time. I mean, from a you know from a college football focus, you, you could not find two opposites. I don't think. I mean, the, 
I don't want to say they don't care about football at Syracuse, but it is it is almost an afterthought to a lot of the stuff that they do on that campus. Um, Donovan McNabb was there. They're playing in the Big East. They had big crowds. They were fantastic. Um, but it's just kind of a, a sport right now. In fact, Syracuse, if we get to a point in the next decade, which I don't think is a too aggressive a timeline, where college football just ends up being the top 60 programs in the country where we slice off the abs and the and the wannabes, Syracuse would be on the outside looking in. They're not even close. And so coming from Ohio State, that's a that's a huge drop for Kyle McCord. I I don't know the whole story. I, I was reading this morning about, you know, he was still upset that they burned his red shirt a couple of years ago for a meaningless in a meaningless blowout game against Michigan State with like two games to go in the regular season. Um, obviously they weren't fully committed to him. And I think that when we when we think about players in the transfer portal, we also have to consider what message, either direct or indirectly, they're getting from their current coaching staff. Um, and it seemed that Ryan Day was perfectly comfortable with him walking out the door, that they had something better behind him. Um, I just would have thought that he would have he would have found a play. And listen, just throwing stuff against the wall here. Maybe he's had enough of the the absolute major college football competition and grind and he's like i just want to play ball and have fun and try to win some games and enjoy my life um and syracuse is a better fit for me and 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 if that's the case then um yeah i'm not going to criticize that part of it 100 percent in agreement there tom but it's just weird you go from ohio state you go to oregon you go to you know what i'm saying like there's a level of program that you go to that you're their they were a play away from going to the playoffs like they, they could have been right like they're 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 not that far off and he put up monster numbers yeah I, you know once again without knowing the, the, the details of it the way this thing is spinning though and quarterbacks having an opportunity to move up and to you know, based, play based on potential or, or, you know, what I did in the Sun Belt might give me a chance um, in the ACC. What I did at Duke gives me a chance at Notre Dame. Um, what I did at NC State gets me the job at Kentucky. All of this, all of this movement um, is kind of hard to make sense of. And I think once that carousel starts spinning, jobs get filled pretty quickly. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I, it's, it's odd, but it won't be Listen, it's just the beginning in terms of the odd marriages we're going to see that come out of the transfer portal. All right, Tom, last thing for you. Um, how about this? And this is a question that you probably have thought about but aren't expecting today. So what are bowl games going to look like in five years? Like, are we going to keep this little pony show that we get right now, or do you think they're going to move them, they're going to put more value? Like, what is it going to look like? Are they going to continue being just the way they are right now? I don't think they're going to change. I'm I'm trying to Google something as we talk here. So I'll just, before I can pull it up, I'll just speak on memory, which may not be uh, entirely accurate. I remember a couple of years ago, the Independence Bowl, it, you know, which it is what it is. It's a lower tier bowl, had something like 4 million viewers. Like 4 million viewers on, on a regular college football Saturday is a great number. It's not the biggest number of the weekend, uh, but some, some weekends it is. I mean, it's not Ohio State, Michigan, it's not Alabama, LSU, but you get four million people to watch a college football game on a Saturday. Man, that's impressive. And they're they're tuning in to watch the Independence Bowl or the Liberty Bowl or whatever that might be. Birmingham Bowl next week on ABC. 
uh, it's going to put up monster numbers. So we have to remember what bowl season is. It is number one in this day and age television programming. It started out as a reward. It started out as Chamber of Commerce events. It started out as, you know, let's get the snowbirds to leave Wisconsin and come down to Jacksonville, or let's get, you know, somebody from Iowa to come out for the Rose Bowl to Pasadena and let's sell Southern California. There's an element to that still, but mostly it's about putting television programming on and people will watch. Um, So in that regard, I don't see it changing. The biggest challenge will be what does it look like from a roster standpoint, you know, and what we talked about earlier in terms of guys who are leaving still suiting up for that team. Um, by the way, does that make sense from an injury risk standpoint? What happens if you're suiting up for uh, Georgia Tech and, and you've already decided that you're going to transfer to Oregon and you get hurt in the bowl game? Then what happens? Who's paying for your rehab? What do you do then? Do you still show up at Oregon? Is your is that agreement still good? I, I don't know, but I, I don't think anything's going to change. I think the the biggest change that we have to see going forward with the 12-team playoff will be eventually getting all of the games except for the semis and the championship on campus, if it makes sense from a financial standpoint, because the atmosphere is so good. And then um, after that, finding the slots from a, from a viewership standpoint to make sure that it, it makes sense to continue playing these games. And I think it will. I mean, I don't see that changing anytime soon. I, I think maybe, I don't know, maybe the coaching carousel slows down a little bit. It seems like it's been spinning super fast the last few years. Um, I don't know why I would expect that to change, but I think if that, if, if that even slowed down by 10%, we'd see a lot more consistency when it comes to the postseason. Tom, I appreciate you, brother. Merry Christmas. We'll talk soon. Happy holidays, everybody. David, thanks for having me. See you, buddy. Tom Hart there on the uh, Brian Foley Law Hotline. Let's hit a break here. We'll come back with uh, Around Aggieland. Kay Nagley's in the house and maybe a little SEC tidbits as well. And then Billy Lucci at some point. Millican Reserve Time, Farm to Table Community in College Station. They got homes, they got trails, they got wide open spaces, and they have a mission to build a healthy community around nature. They're committed to trading lightly on the land. Millican Reserve is creating a sanctuary for family, for nature, and for community. You like to hang out with your kids, your wife? Go to uh, Millican Reserve. Doesn't cost anything, right, to go walking there, hiking, biking, you name it. They got it all. Canoeing, kayaking. It's just such a great, great place to go and enjoy your time with your family. And they got white-tailed deer. They got songbirds. They got rabbits. They got turtles. And homeowners at Millican Reserve share a legacy of conservation, which means that generation after generation come home to that pristine countryside place. Wonderful place to connect with families and with each other. Great neighborhoods, the creek, the hollow, the meadows, all there. Check out uh, MillicanReserve.com for more information. That website again, MillicanReserve.com. Welcome back to Intex Ags Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers, Rollo Insurance Studio. It is now time for our favorite segment called Around Aggieland, and that is presented by Normandy State Bank. Normandy State Bank, rock solid banking website. NormandyStateBank.com. Time for Kay and Agley. Good morning, David. How are you? What's up? Good Monday so far? It's been, all right. It's been a Monday. It's a classic Monday. Just, you know, had a little workout in this morning. Okay. Little, How was little that? BVMMA. I saw your little Instagram story. I liked yeah, it. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I went to BVMMA, so I saw my people there. and, and we're, How long have you been doing that? Um, Since July, like the 7th. So are you, like, good now? No, or No. 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 How long does it take to get good at something like well, that? It depends what we're talking about good. Uh-huh. Like uh, my striking is much better than it was six months ago. 
my jujitsu is certainly better, but there's always a guy that knows more than you yeah. that can kick your butt that looks like they shouldn't be able to. I feel like the people that would be in that gym like do that for a long period of time. There's like, a lot, but there's some newbies. I, I highly recommend it. Like I'm gonna probably during the break have my kids go, my boys go. Mm -hmm. I want to teach my girls how to kill. Yeah, I right? want like self defense. I, I want to take a class like that because uh, you never know. <laughs> I taught my both of my daughters how to do a triangle. Um, Smart, which is using your basically your knee around their neck. Hey. And, and scary it's, world it's not out that there. hard to use and I, they both know how to do it now scary world out there don't you mess with gotta Ryan. be prepared <laughs> what's going on in iran Aguilar? yeah let's let's get to it so over the weekend mike elko nabbed two transfers out of the portal in youngstown state linebacker alex howard and then louisiana tech wide receiver cyrus allen howard has one year of eligibility yes he is a linebacker uh tallied 142 tackles 15 and a half tackles for loss and five sacks at Youngstown State, so getting some production out of him. And then Allen, the wide receiver from Law Tech, uh, has two years of eligibility, 68 receptions for 1,200, nearly 1,300 yards, and then eight touchdowns, so also getting some production. Um, over the weekend, men's basketball did unfortunately lose, although Wade Taylor was playing out of his mind, had 34 points and a couple threes that were just unbelievable to watch, honestly. Um, they did erase a 21-point deficit in the second half, but they could not close out the victory as they dropped the game to number four Houston at the Halal Guys Showcase. Two more non-conference games remain, both at Reed Arena with the next one this Friday against Houston Christian at 7 p.m. If you happen to be in College Station, make sure to show out and pack Reed. Only two more non-conferences left, so, and I'm sure those SEC games are going to start getting pretty packed. So. Pretty, pretty packed. Uh, and then as well, more action at Reed Arena. Women's basketball it looks to extend their win streak to eight. They did have a week off, but they will continue their December stretch. Uh, they will play Mississippi Valley State tonight. Luke's favorite team, apparently. Uh, again, like I said, tonight, that is at 7 p.m. So if you're in town looking for something to do, make sure to head to Reed Arena. Thank you very much, Kay. Of course. Appreciate you. Let's, uh, let's do this. Let's hit a break. I don't know if Billy... We'll be here right at 9.35, but uh, I know that Luke has got some around the SEC notes for us. We'll get into that. Billy will be here soon. We'll chit-chat with Billy uh, about the portal, about sign oh signing day. Hello. How far away are we? We're two days out. Two days out from signing day. Oh, boy. Oh, boy is right. So we'll have that, and, of course, we'll get to your calls, your text messages, and whatnot. Right now, though, we're talking about career opportunities at the Association of Former Students. Many of you, I know, want to move back to Aggieland. But you need a job, J-O-B. So why don't you reach out to the Association of Former Students, see what they have on their website. Maybe one of their openings fits your needs out there. They're looking to hire professionals to join their team. They've got openings in communications, fundraising, former student programs, campus programs, and much, much more. They are the nation's premier alumni association and the oldest organization supporting A&M in support of that Aggie network. They play a part in every Aggie story from Howdy to here out there. Don't miss opportunities to help out the association with Howdy Socials and uh, Aggie Rain Day, class reunions, Aggie Muster, and everything in between. Join a team that exemplifies the Aggie core values of excellence, integrity, leadership, loyalty, respect, and selfless service, all in support of that worldwide Aggie network. If you're interested in joining the team or sharing with someone that would be a great fit, please visit tx.ag slash association jobs and apply and get more information on each position. Texas Radio presented by David Gardner's Jewelers Rollo Insurance Studio. It is now time for Coffee Talk. I didn't do it earlier, so we're going to do it now. Brought to you by Texax Coffee. Beat the hell out of morning by going to texaxcoffee.com. I'm actually going just to finish my Texax Coffee. Moving over to the tea, tea team. 
uh, for no caffeine. I'm sure many of you are riveted by this information. Let's go to the Angry Elephant News and Social Center. Aggies gather at the Angry Elephant. That's where we find Luke Evangelist. Luke, uh, what's going on in your world, buddy? So I've got another follow-up. I know we showed that uh, viral photo, funny photo from the Texas 6A state championships, but I've got an update from 2A. Uh, Texas A&M commit Terry Bussey also kind of had his viral moment this weekend. He set two records in the 2A state championship game as he led the Timpson Tigers to their first state championship in school history. After the previous three years, they lost in the semifinals all three years, so he's final, finally able to break through, and that was because in the first half, he had a 93-yard rushing touchdown, which is now the longest rushing touchdown in 2A state championship history, wow. and he had a 90-yard passing touchdown, which is now the longest passing touchdown in 2A state championship history. He broke both of those records in the first half on his way to 466 total yards and six total touchdowns. Mr. Bussey, please stay with a and Please. Thank you. Yep, and speaking of players who are not sticking with their former uh, teams, we're going to go to a transfer portal update around the SEC. So uh, the media makes a lot of uh, comments about a mass exodus about A&M. However, Georgia currently leads the way with 17 players in the transfer portal, including three five-stars and nine former four-stars out of high school. Arkansas quarterback K.J. Jefferson uh, officially entered the transfer portal on Saturday, and his former teammate Rocket Sanders committed to South Carolina also recently. I think that kind of went under the radar. Not a lot of people are talking about that. Do you think K.J. ends up at South Carolina? I would hope not. He's I would pretty, hope not, too. Yeah, he's a pretty good player. Yeah. And uh, teaming up with Rocket Sanders would be lethal. Uh, they, they were pretty good at Arkansas. I know the record didn't show it, but they were always tough to game plan for. And then former Mississippi State wide receiver Xavion Thomas committed to LSU over the weekend. He was a freshman All-American in 2022. And then former Vanderbilt quarterback Walter Taylor, former Vanderbilt wide receiver Will Shepard, and former LSU defensive end Quincy Wiggins all committed to Colorado over the weekend. So Dion seems to be doing work in the transfer portal once again. Fresno State tight end Trey Watson entered the transfer portal, a former teammate of Jalen Henderson, and if you follow him on Twitter, you would have seen that over the weekend, Jalen Henderson tweeted the eyeball emojis at him, uh, maybe insinuating a possible return in College Station. I know a lot of players on the current roster are doing work in the transfer portal, like um, on Twitter, trying to recruit teammates like Will Lee has been a really big player trying to recruit players to A&M. And then a couple more updates. We have former South Carolina wide receiver Juice Wells transferring to Ole Miss. That is the last thing we will say about Ole Miss. And then former Kansas defensive lineman Gage Keys committed to Auburn. So that's a bit of an update on what's going around, going on around the SEC in the transfer portal. Man, this portal thing, uh, it, it isn't it interesting? We love it when it helps and hate it when it hurts. And, you know, if you believe what people are saying about Walter leaning towards the Ole Miss way, um, we'll, we'll ask Billy what the latest is on that. But it's just, um, they're going to keep fighting for him. It'd be great for him to stay. It'd be awesome. Uh, but at the end of the day, man, I'm going to sound like an old man. I just want people who want to play here. Like, if, for for instance, my career, I have never taken, well, I don't want to say never. For most of my jobs in my life, I, salary was not part of the conversation. I expect a certain salary range because of my level of experience. I want to go where I'm going to be happy, where I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to go somewhere that I, I can grow. I'm around friends that I want to be. Now, we can't always be in that situation, but when you're a coveted five-star 
that should be part of it. You're going to be compensated wherever you go, right? Like, so where do you want to be? Where do you see a path to win? Where, where do you see all that? And to me, that is part of the conversation. And uh, hopefully these guys have people in their ears. Are you on the phone? No. Do you need help? Billy Lucci in studio here with two coffees Uh-oh, and a phone FaceTiming call. FaceTiming someone. Oh, oh gosh. I'm not on the phone. That was just, I couldn't carry the coffee. I couldn't put it down. I was on the phone, and then I got off the phone, and then I couldn't hang up the phone. How are you, buddy? Here we are. Uh, did you say, how am I? Yeah. I'm good. How are yeah. you, Dave? How was your weekend? What is this? Uh, some shirts. I forget which ones those are. Um, weekend was fine. Went and watched Aggie Hoops at uh, Toyota Center. That was fun. I mean, right up until. It wasn't, it wasn't fun. It was fun. Then wasn't. It wasn't, but it was still a hell of a basketball game. Yeah. That's what I really wanted to see. Um I, mean, I guess we can start. That, that was kind of all. Kind of all I did. I did that in a Christmas party uh, last night. Shout out Juan Blanco, John White. But um, it was uh, a good little weekend. Always love going down to Houston, eating some good food, had a meal with a couple great Aggies. Came back, so low key but good weekend. And uh, yeah, you know, I'm ready for I'm ready for uh, this basketball team. To look like we thought it was going to look, and by that I don't mean that they lost a last-second game to number four U of H, but I mean it just feels unfortunate so far. Yeah. In basketball, you don't expect to be without players, and Buzz isn't going to come on here and talk about that, so I will. It's just like, man, you lose a game like that, and you go, "What if you had boots?" You know, um, you look at their non-conference resume, and it's solid right now. Um, and you go, what if you had, you know, marble and boots who you really haven't had for weeks now? Um, so I'm just, it's like basketball is not the sport you expect that, that type of attrition. Uh, it happens every once in a while, but I would love to see Radford back as soon as he's physically able, obviously. They don't um, play again until the 30th, I believe. So they got, yeah. so that, that helps. And what's left in the non-conference? Is there just one game left or two? I believe it's two left in the non-conference. So, so does I mean, he even need he, to play in those? Yeah, I mean, depending on how he feels, right? Um, and then with Marble, that's... Sorry, the, the 22nd and the 30th. There yeah, you go. So, yeah, Marble's like the great unknown. So, But these guys are playing their butts off. You know, some of these comebacks we've seen them have in the losses and the victory over Iowa State... What what Wade did on Saturday was pretty legendary, especially if they would have if they would have been able to cap that thing off and win. But you see, you just see how much a difference not having those couple guys yeah. makes. Uh, and, and you know they've been functioning without Marble all year, so it's more it's right now more about not having not having boots. <laughs> but you look at Wade six threes. 34 points. I mean, just how many of those? I haven't even looked, David. I've been so busy. How many of those came in the second half? What did Wade have in the first half? Six, eight? Yeah. I mean, he went insane in the second half. It was a great atmosphere, great basketball team and program there. You know, that Samson's built at U of H. We talked about that. 26 in in the second half. Yeah, so, yeah, eight. I guess I was right. But, no, I mean, I'm, I'm ready for SEC play to start. 
Did you see some of the numbers on their non-conference resume? Like mm-hmm. where they are in the net, where they are on the net compared 16, to last yeah. year. 80-something last um, year, yep. I mean, this feels like – I don't – I haven't listened. Somebody that nerds out on this stuff more than me, I, I, I don't start to nerd out on it until about, you mid-February. know, mid-February. Yeah, but somebody that's already doing that, I, I would think – and look, the, the bar is set higher, but – they went 15 and 3 in the league last year which was remarkable and they were 7 seed. I with this non-conference resume even with this loss on on Saturday I'm sitting here wondering you know at 12 and 6 they're probably a, uh, I don't think probably I think at 12 and 6 they're a higher seed than they were last year. I mean they might be like a 5 seed at 12 and 6 in the league whereas with at 15 and 3 and, and going to the conference tournament final they were a seven, you know, seven seed. You, you, this is where you're seeing like these teams in the league that every year we go, wait, how are they ahead of A and M? How is Arkansas seated right. three three lines ahead of A and M because we beat them two out of three and we went further in the tournament. We finished higher in the conference. This is how. And even when you lose games like this, it's just playing them. Now I don't think you get any credit for losing close. Losing close, what it does is show you how what their potential could be if they could get it all together in terms of personnel. They're not going to play a better team than Houston the rest of the way, right? I, I don't think no, they will. No, no. Uh, and, and a defense that, look, Wade had struggled for a big stretch. What he did against a team that came out to stop him, they rewrote the offensive script, and he. so that is just a reminder. This is who this guy can be more than he's been this year. Yeah. Um, nobody's mm-hmm. expecting 34 a game. but yeah, You see him, though, he, he's done it. More than a couple times, but two of them have come against U of H and FAU. So, and Memphis got another. They got a nice win this weekend. It they just have to fight through this, get Boots healthy, and get him back. You know who knows what the outcome will be with Marble. Um, you know when Buzz said the word university, I just about cringe. And it just they, that's their own pace, their own timing. Uh, Right, wrong, indifferent, whatever right. the subject is, it just—I've seen it all too often. Um, that's something that needs to be fixed around here in the worst way, and and uh, it's not just a a pro athlete thing. That's just a just fix the system, get it right when it comes to all things that need to be you know adjudicated or handled or whatever, but get it done in, in a more timely manner with actual professionals handling the situations. Well, here, here's the thing that we know, Billy, and that, this is what I started off the whole show today with. Look, I'm I'm not happy about the situation, right? I don't believe in these moral victories. Yada, mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But we do know this because we've seen it year after year. This team rises as the year goes on, yeah. and they're pretty good right now. Yeah. yeah. So if they're pretty good right now with a couple unfortunate losses, where are they going to be come March? And that's where I'm putting my energy is like, look— it's not ideal, but I still think they can be close to that team that we thought they could be as the year plays out. And the SEC right now doesn't look as daunting as it has in the past. No, and it's not ideal, but there, there's nothing. Here's what the, the thing is. Uh, you, if they'd have won that game, what does that do for their whole resume? Mm-hmm. Holy cow. That's that win that just carries you a damn seed line all year. It gets you off the bubble. And, and, you know, when you're compared to other bubble teams, there's no other bubble team that has a win like that. You know, that's how close they were to getting that and having that in their pocket for whatever they need it for later on in the year. 
So it's frustrating from that standpoint that you're that close to getting a win of that magnitude, but they don't have a <clears throat> they don't have a negative thing on their resume, right? Right. There's not one single negative. You're like, oh, how did they lose to this <laughs> You team? lost essentially a road game to a team that was in the Final Four two years ago that's in the top five. You lost a neutral site to a team that was in the Final Four last year. You lost on the road to an ACC power in Virginia. And you lost to Memphis, who is rising. Who's rising and, and who should be one of the top teams in their league and, and typically is going to make the tournament every year. Those are the <clears throat> my my thing is I wish I, we could have seen them win one or two of those and look they they could have won the one on Saturday that was the one you go man you could have got that they didn't have Radford they didn't have Marble for any of them that's not the team this year unfortunately as of yet but they didn't have Radford for what Virginia and U of H. So two of the, am I right? FAU he played, right? Or am I wrong? Yeah. They didn't have Radford for two of those four games. And you wonder, had, had they had him, what that could have meant. And they really didn't have him for Memphis because he basically took him like a half to even get going. And then when he did, he actually made a little bit of a difference. But it was just, just tread water, hang in there, and have at least one of those two guys back for conference play. And see where you can go. It's a good basketball team. They're a good basketball team. Um, they will fight your ass. And like you said, Buzz's teams always get better as the season goes on. So we'll see. I mean, and, I, and I think that's there's not still a hope. there's a lot out there in front of them, is what we're saying. And that's not a hope, Billy. This is just what they've done. This yeah. is that's their track record is <laughs> mm-hmm. to go up. And th- th- there, there's no Wofford on their schedule this year. All right, let's hit a break. We'll come back. What does that even mean? I'm just saying, there's no like. You mean they're not going to lose a game like? Well, that. no, no, they haven't. Like, the, yeah. La- there, oh, there's no Wofford on their resume, right? Yeah, sorry, yeah. yeah. Like they, they. I was going to say, I see a couple. They play a tough conference, but there's a couple. No, but there's no wa- uh, Wofford loss on their resume. Yeah. They've lost to some pretty darn for good sure, teams. For sure. Now we need to start winning those games. Yep. Let's, let's hit a break. Uh, Heritage Films time. That's Chance McLean's company. The website is yourheritagefilm.com. They make documentary films about families, and that's at the end of the day, this is the holiday season. You should be doing that together. Imagine Christmas Eve before you maybe open up some early gifts with your family. You got your mom, your dad there, your grandpa, uh, aunts, uncles, brothers, all at the house, right? And you guys are watching the story about your grandpa. Uh, that would be awesome. With him there and sharing that moment with your with your children, and they get to see it. And then a few years later, they got to watch it as they get older. Like, yeah, I remember that when we all got together. That's the beauty of what Chance does. He makes memories. Well, he captures your memories, and then he makes new memories by putting that together so you all can watch it uh, as a family. You can do that with Heritage Films. They make the documentary films about family business, family ranch, family, uh, just important people in your family. They also do the Year Flicks, which is a 20-minute video, Q&A benchmark video for the uh, some younger kids in your family. So you got a freshman in college, tell their story in 20 minutes, find out what they're into, what they're into right now. And then a year later, you do part two. And then junior year, you do part three, part four. You got a four-part series there when it comes to your your kids' life there at Texas A&M. The website, yourheritagefilm.com, yourheritagefilm.com, 713-893-8341, Tech Sags Radio presented by David Gardner's Jewelers Rollo Insurance Studio. Probably not enough time to answer this question, and I don't even know if Billy wants to get into it, but Cat Ag uh, asked question because there's confusing and conflicting information out there. Does Tamu have an NIL issue? And uh, I'm going to 
uh, just at least you've said just on Friday, we're still in the top 10 of NIL with schools, yeah. right? Yeah, I wouldn't call it. I wouldn't call it an issue. I would call it the, <clears throat> I mean, take it as a call to arms. If you're listening and you have $10 to give, $1,000 or 100000 or a million, and some of you are listening, take it as a call to arms. I'm not sitting here BSing. If Ole Miss can, can go and get the players in the portal they're getting and they can go get Walter Nolan away from A&M, which – I, if I was a betting man today, I'd say I think will happen. It's not guaranteed, but I, I, obviously every bit of momentum is going that way. Mm-hmm. We know that, in my opinion, that's been all about one thing from the, from the rip. Um, and if they can essentially outbid you, Ole Miss, you know, and they've gone all in on the portal, and I think that's been their strategy more so than recruiting. It's a very interesting strategy and philosophy, but clearly there's someone or a group or a handful of donors that have said, you know what, we're, we're going to go all in and try to win a national championship. Problem for A&M is it's so much about timing because those those people at A&M just did, they did that. They did that just a couple of years ago in the form of 200 million facilities. Right. And they did, a handful of people did most of that. So I think what I'm saying is there's a whole next tier of folks and everyone just step up as little or as much as you want and let's see what the result is. Right. And I think that's I think that's uh, <clears throat> that's where it's at. You see who Texas is going and getting in the portal, what they're doing in recruiting. And I know they've had an amazing year. Anytime you're in the playoff, unless you're TCU, you're going to benefit from that with a massive recruiting bump. But let's not pretend that Texas isn't winning right now because of the players they got as, as soon as NIL kicked in. Yeah. Again, Texas fans get they get really sensitive and really upset for no reason. That's legal. That's not an indictment. They did they did what you're supposed to do and they took it to an extreme. That's what Ole Miss is doing in the portal. I believe, you know, in 2023 and 4 and beyond, if you want to win, that's what you got to do. And you can't complain if you don't. Thank you, Billy. Come back with Buzz next on TechSites. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.